The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. And I'm Matt Barisi in Chicago. Welcome back to the podcast that can't believe Krispy Kreme is coming back. We're still broke from buying a franchise 15 years ago. Still owe money on the uh, glazing machine that uh, they sold you to boost their fourth quarter earnings. Well, I've gotten my money's worth out of the glazing machine. <laughs> Just keep that in the basement. I glaze myself just once a week. <laughs> Time for my weekly glazing. Everybody thinks you're a ghost. <laughs> Turns out you've just been glazed for years. <laughs> I'm a very, I'm very popular in the neighborhood with all the neighborhood dogs. <laughs> oh, it's that guy covered in glaze again. <laughs> What's that cloud of bees over there? Oh, that's just old man Jay covered in glaze. <laughs> covered in glaze again. Oh my gosh! So. I know we, we talked about this earlier. They're bringing them back, and I just thought it was so weird that they the, bringing them back. They opened them all over the place. Everybody mm-hmm. went all the time. Big lines out the door. People trying, you know, what when they turned the sign on, they were fresh and hot or whatever. And uh, then they all collapsed. So what's going to make mm-hmm. it work this time? Theoretically, it's going to work because they're not going to build outlets right next door to each other. And then also fill all the grocery stores and gas stations with them, theoretically. Although, frankly, the gas, the gas stations and grocery stores are already full of Krispy Kreme, which is part of the problem the first time. That mm-hmm. you bought stale ones at the shell, and then you were like, these aren't that good. I'm not going to go through that drive up. Yeah. Also, uh, Atkins happened. Uh, oh, yeah. That was, that was a bad timing for Krispy Kreme, right? With mm-hmm. the, the diet that cuts out everything that's in a donut. <laughs> right. Although it didn't really hurt Dunkin' Donuts, right? America runs on Dunkin'. Yeah, but they, like, Krispy Kreme was a one-trick pony. Like, they were the glazed donut. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dunkin' Donuts could still get by on the coffee, and, you know, I'm sure they had Atkins-friendly breakfasts, breakfasts and, uh, you know, other things to kind of keep them afloat. Uh, seems to me like it's too soon. Like, that we have not forgotten... <laughs> And never forget. <laughs> never, never forget Krispy Kreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but they're maybe still in the store, though. Short memories. They're still in the store. You yeah, think... they're not flying off the shelves, and people don't remember how people talk about Krispy Kremes in hushed tones. Well, so but donuts are trendy. Like donuts are hipster a little bit, right? Especially donut shops, you know, where you get sure like um, glazed and infused, where they got like bacon on them, and you know, maybe... and they have like lardo and uh... yeah. Maybe the new Krispy Kremes will try to tap into that market a little bit and. Start to get some of those, you know, more unique combinations. You know, artisanal hops. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And a maple uh, molecular foam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, they'll just they'll just uh, walk the donut through uh, through like pecan smoke, <laughs> so you can taste it on the donut. <laughs> An arm with a with a uh, tattoo sleeve reaches through the drive-in window and puts it in your car. <laughs> and now it's time for Cool Dad Luke. 
where all dads think they're cooler than the other side of the pillow. All right, I have an announcement slash confession to make. Oh, man. I, wait a minute. Let me make sure I'm recording. I don't want to miss this in case uh, I have to turn it in for evidence. Yeah, this is a big one. Well, you already know about this. We've been talking about it off the air. It's about two-week-old news, but I've just been too ashamed to <laughs> mention it. <laughs> and it's that two weeks ago, I, we moved, Professor Foster and Baby Viva and I moved to Evanston. Oh. Or more specifically, to Northwestern University. Wow. Now, in my defense, and I just, I just signed up You're to do more. You're an undergrad. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I got some shower shoes. Did, uh, I did, got a shower caddy. <laughs> I got a uh, did futon. Viva, did Viva get early acceptance or something? <laughs> it's very early acceptance indeed. Uh, the What Professor Foster got is she became faculty in residence. Yeah. Um, and that means they have built us a residence on campus where we will live. It sticks out of a dorm, so the back door opens into a residence hall. The front door opens onto a lovely porch uh, that is ours, or the porch swing, that sticks out of a residence building. And if that sounds crazy and weird, it's totally crazy and weird, but <laughs> it is an unbelievably beautiful residence sp- and much larger than our house. You spend Saturday morning sweeping drunk frat boys off your porch? It's bound to come to that, although I didn't realize, maybe I shouldn't have said it was Northwestern. I guess everybody knows Professor Foster teaches at Northwestern. It, it is one of yeah. two destination schools in Chicago, and it's not the one where they built the bomb. <laughs> but I just described <laughs> it that way. Um, it's, an, it's an undergrad. It's like a more of a freshman-oriented dorm, and they've only been there for a couple of weeks, so they, like a week. So they haven't mm-hmm. figured out how to, like, where to get their booze yet. So now you mentioned they're Northwestern students, so they're like yeah. too busy polishing their slide rules to drink, <laughs> at least where we are. So uh, you'd mentioned that uh, part of the the reasoning that Northwestern has these uh, professors in residence is that they want a more like a family feel to campus a little bit. They want. Yeah, they want the students. It's like very high end quality experience for the students, particularly ones who are from the East Coast, where they might have gone to boarding school with parent with, uh, you know, whatever they would call them, like, like I don't know, uh, resident, resident head. moms or whatever. Or... Yeah. And all the Ivy League schools have these, I guess. Hmm. They have uh, residential colleges, uh, and they want the students just to feel more connected to their neighborhoods. So they're rebuilding the architecture of areas of the okay, college. Yeah. And this is a totally gut rehab building that has what's called an engagement center in it. That's like a Google campus. So our floor, the first floor and the basement, don't have any student rooms on them. They have conference rooms and lounges, but like test kitchens, like beautiful harvest tables with professional kitchens in them for cooking classes and for students. There are – there's an area called the garage that's like light-up wipe-off boards and paper rolls that come out of the ceiling and rolly chairs. There's an area called the nest that is mork-for-mork egg yeah. chairs that hang from chains on the ceiling where you go to nap or study. Wow. Um, I'll start recording the show from privacy booths, which sounds a little dangerous on a college, yeah. a college <laughs> dorm, uh, but they're glass front, soundproof dorm uh, rooms, like booths that you go in to do Skype interviews and study and uh, record your podcast. And all these rooms have iPads sticking out of the front of the door where you swipe your card and put in your name and why you're there. It's crazy. I mean, you see, it's like a space station. Mm-hmm. 
I've been given instead of keys, I have a you know a card, yeah. ID card that keys me into all these different buildings where I have access because the gym's in one complex and the cafeteria's in another and the Google stuff is in another. But over the weekend, the battery died in our door. So we were locked out of our house like 2001. Oh. <laughs> and you don't have – the options are limited there because it's electronic locks, right? So mm-hmm. you can't just give your neighbor a spare key. Right. Because, one, your neighbor's a freshman – college freshman <laughs> <So> that. <laughs> you're probably not going to do that but uh oh that's funny that but that the years died already yeah so it is so, and it's all house of the future stuff like as you mm-hmm. walk through our house lights come on by themselves like fade up as you walk through the house yeah which is kind of horror movie actually i want to uh, know who where's the place on campus where some guy's sitting in a room looking at all the cameras that they've also installed in your in your dorm in your house. I know, but he's getting a show. <laughs> Matter of fact, I don't know if I should, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, I was walking outside the dorm the other day and realized that the opaque glass on our master bath window isn't opaque. What is it? Uh, it's semi-transparent. Sorry. <laughs> it's actually true all the way up the building. So I kicked that message upstairs, but I realized that my... You know, mm-hmm. at, at night after I take a shower, I I pose down for a good, you know, sure. hour, 90 minutes. And I've been doing that, you know, right in the center <laughs> campus in front of a window. So, But it, it's because it's kind of they just get like a foggy shape flexing in the window, right? Is it? You know, even if you open the window, you'd still get kind of a foggy shape flexing. <laughs> 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 well, how does but, Viva like living, uh, you know, being a college student oh at my God, five, four years it. old, five years old. She's five now? She just turned five she last week. She turned five, right? Yeah. Yeah. She hasn't had her birthday party yet, which is going to happen there. Uh, and is gonna, she's going to have her old, the hippy-dippy preschool is going to come over. The academic nerd preschool is going to come over. And then we're also inviting residents to come and learn a dance with all the kids. It's a, it's a costume like college party. freshmen are going to come to your daughter's birthday party? It's a part of it. It's a part of it. There'll be a, a portion where we're having a student come in. It's a Halloween-themed oh. costume birthday party, and all the little kids, all the little five-year-olds are going to learn the Monster Mash. And for that portion, the mm-hmm. college students can also come over when the choreographer is in action and also learn the Monster Mash with the five-year-olds and get cupcakes and stuff. Oh, that's And funny. she loves the attention. Well, there's you know what that. I mean? She's the yeah. mascot. She's the mascot of hundreds of kids. <laughs> so she's a celebrity when she walks down the street. Yeah. She loves it. And I don't know how they select, but you guys are perfect for this because she's just she's at the right age. She's at the right age for this. I feel like if I lived on a college campus, I'd have to worry about my 13 year old boy Ooh. who who's getting taller and won't look 13 much longer. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh, could get himself in trouble on a on a college campus. Absolutely, especially when you know the this is the first week. So the freshmen were high school students last week. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and they look it. You know, they yeah. look like unformed humans. Yeah, uh, still covered they look in, like kids. Still covered in pimples. Yep. Well, I'm 40. I'm still covered in pimples. So I can't really. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was supposed to go away. The pimples thing is a huge lie. What's with that? Yeah, it is not a teenage thing. It's the rest of your life thing. Maybe they tell you they don't tell you so that you won't kill yourself when you're 13. 
I mean, yeah, I guess given so. If someone old, told like, you you were yeah. going to, hey, by the way, you're, these things that are all over your face, you're going to have to live with them the rest of your life. And they're going to start traveling to other parts of your body. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you like pimples on your back because you're going to mm-hmm. have them. I hope you do yoga because you're going to need to reach around to your back a lot for the rest of your life. Oh, my God. Yeah, it doesn't get better. What? <laughs> <laughs> At least not that part of it. So, well, I just, I just signed up to do more Chicago-based correspondence for Chicago Parent, mm-hmm. like do more Chicago event stuff, uh, and and I moved and. But everybody now, now, does that. Like all the all the great radio hosts that that you know when they were younger that oh, lived in yeah. Chicago were like I'm Chicago Eddie or whoever I don't know making up mm-hmm. names. Then you know after they're established they move out to the suburbs, and it's not like you're so. moving, you know. To Lake Zurich, you're you you border the city. I'm fifteen right? minutes north of my previous house. Yeah, fifteen door to door, fifteen minutes. You're closer to your previous house than your previous house was to, like what you would call, you know, real Chicago, like downtown Chicago. Yeah, right. I've gone from eight miles from the from the Bean to ten miles from the Bean. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and I haven't we haven't sold the old house yet. It's still furnished. It's still because this new place is furnished. What? Mm. What a deal. Free house, right? Uh, well, nothing's free. But nothing's <laughs> free. Just wait till, the homesick- wait till the homesickness kicks in and you've got, you know, a freshman knocking on your door at three in the morning crying. And, you know, they don't want to go to their RA because they're embarrassed, but they'll go to Professor Foster because mm-hmm. they feel connected to her now that she's a <laughs> professor in residence. And they, yeah. And while they're there. Now... Can you have they said anything to you? Maybe you're not allowed to say this because are you allowed to use your like the freshmen who live in your dorm as babysitters if they if they're willing, able and willing? I think so. I think so. There's no, you have no a built in. You have an entire dorm of babysitters ready to go. Yeah, And I'm sure they'd love to do it. It's they don't have to travel. They could walk there. Yeah. I mean, first you'd have to find a Northwestern student poor enough to need my money. There's two okay. things about that that I guess might not work. One, they're Northwestern students, so presumably they don't need any money. Right. Right? And also, but at the other hand, as as freshmen, you know, you've got to find the ones that fall into that in, in, into that where they could use the cash. Or maybe their parents are trying to teach them the value of money by not giving them a lot of it while they're at college. Right. So. Some of them, I mean, they're all like uh, princes from oil-rich companies and, uh, <laughs> you know, co- the the children of uh, corporate uh, oligarchs from the Far East, but a lot of them are, don't have any liquid. Yeah, cause they're like in exile <laughs> at, at American <laughs> University. Um, but yes, yeah, so you want the ones that are poor enough to need the work, but not so poor to steal your silverware and the pharmaceuticals out of your medicine cabinet, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, uh, well, and, and even if you don't to... stick in your dorm, you've got an entire college of you know. You probably you just put one of those pieces of paper. In one of your common with areas tear-offs? with the tear-offs and uh, see who shows up. I don't think they're paper anymore. I think you like you have to retina scan. Well, you just have a QR code. You just have a QR mm-hmm. code on on the paper. And actually, you can't <laughs> even put paper up anymore. So, who knows? Actually, know. kind of true. <laughs> well, my wife's been on me to forward our mail. And I haven't yet because I feel like when I forward our mail, I won't be Chicagoan anymore. And I won't be cool anymore. Like I feel like the minute... My mail starts to come. I'll, my pants will immediately turn from skinny jeans into pleated khakis. 
That's well. Someone's going to have to come and collect all your trendy hipster pants, and they will leave you with standard issue suburban khakis. You know, open the refrigerator, and all my double IPAs will have turned to uh, cases of Miller High Life from Meyer. <laughs> yes, they will. You know, if you're lucky, you know maybe you'll get some Corona. Mm. Some some people in the suburbs like to get a Corona every once in a while <laughs> to be exotic, or they get the fake like the fake microbrews, the ones oh, microbrew like Sam Adams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried this microbrew? It's called Sam Adams. It's called Rolling Rock. It's called yeah. Goose Island if you tried it. You can have oh. a whole refrigerator of just lining kugels. Oh. <laughs> In Wisconsin right now talking to you, and uh, I can smell the lining kugels around me. Gross. The shandies. <laughs> shandies are everywhere. Hey, folks, you already shop on Amazon. Why not put those dollars to work keeping this show on the air? Do it by using the Amazon portal on the support page at paternitypodcast.com. When you want to buy something on Amazon, go to paternitypodcast.com, click on the support page, type in what you're looking for to the Amazon box. It'll open up Amazon. Uh, You just buy what you're looking for. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to create a password. You don't pay extra. Nothing. You just shop on Amazon. It knows you came through the portal, and Amazon sends a portion of their profits to us, and that is how we pay for this show. And the more popular the show is, the more expensive the show is, so the more we need you to do your shopping through that portal. It's very easy, and it really helps us. And my last purchase, Todd, I'm doing a little experiment. Mm-hmm. It is the $20 shoe challenge. Okay. So uh, $20 shoes for who? For moi. Really? Uh, for moi. Uh, I think I, uh, that's going to limit your, your shoe potential. Well, yeah, see, uh, I'm a little bit of a workout now, so I need athletic shoes, right? Just for athletic-ing. Like, I don't wear them out into the world, but I wear them to the gym. Mm-hmm. And I normally get nice athletic shoes, but on sale at, outlet, at you know, Marshalls or DSW, yeah. one of those. You don't and pay actually, full price. I never pay full price. I don't pay retail, right? So I get some shoes that are, I mean, I know the Markoffs are fake, and those shows are, you know, those shoes are made on the same assembly line in China as the ones at Walmart, right? But yeah. um, So usually I pay about 40 bucks for shoes. And in my head, they're like $85 shoes. I've decided how low can I go. So I went on, like thinking that all shoes are crappy yeah. and the price points are arbitrary. Mm-hmm. So I went on Amazon and I found the cheapest ones I could find. And did I send you a picture of these? They're 20 bucks. They're no name at all. No name they at give all. It, they give it some kind of American name on Amazon, but when they actually came, all the writing on them was in Chinese. No. What's it called? Like, what's the what style of shoe? Is it a running shoe or a cross-training shoe? Running shoe. Amazon calls them Venshine, V-E-N-S-H-I-N-E, men's air cushion running shoe, fashion knit weave, sports shoes, outdoor fitness, cross-training comfort sneaker, blue orange nine. But when you actually look closely at the shoe, it says Naizu on the tongue. N-A-I-S-U. And then there's a bunch of Chinese writing. Oh. Well, it doesn't look like another brand. Like maybe they could put a, uh, like it's just the Chinese version, the one they Well, Naizu starts with an N. So, the, you know, balance or Nike or something. <laughs> you hope for your foot's sake. So here's... 
uh, a walking shoe, ultra lightweight, breathable sneaker. Oh, air cushion running shoe, fashion knit. Is that what you said it was? You see, it's like neon orange and blue and yellow yeah. and green. They're yes. very garish. Extremely garish. You know how all running shoes are super neon and garish now? Why are they that way? No, it, it's the style at the time. And I don't actually run in these outdoors, only to get from my house to the L.A. Fitness. And then, you know, so it's wait, all... these are the, just the shoes you wear from your house to L.A. Fitness? Yeah. But then you wear them in L.A. Fitness, don't you? Well, yes. I don't change out of them. I don't oh, go okay. barefoot around the gym. But I'm, what I'm saying is I'm not, like, running cross-country in shoes. Do like, the ones you have have, like, a, like an air, like a Nike Air Pocket in the back, like a clear yes. window? Okay. Looks very scientific, doesn't it? Yeah. They're listed as twenty six dollars here, but I swear I only paid twenty before. Maybe I paid twenty six. Yeah, well, here's. They feel exactly like every other pair of shoes I've ever had. Okay, so you, you tried them on, and there's not. Been wearing them for about a week. They haven't fallen apart yet. Uh, I don't. I don't. I haven't developed any bone spurs that I'm aware of. I don't know. What do you think? Bad idea? Good idea? I guess worth a shot. I mean, some some people take the running shoe thing. You know, if if they really would consider themselves a runner, very seriously, because you got to take a care runner. of your feet. But if you're just not running a... on treadmills, and you could run barefoot on treadmills, so you just need something to keep you from tearing your, you know, your skin off your feet. So this mm-hmm. should do that. I'm mostly lifting weights and doing pull-ups. Oh, so you're not even, even on the ground on... for most. Oh, so it doesn't matter what you wear on your feet, really. I don't think so, right? I could wear flip-flops if it were acceptable. You could until you dropped a, you know. Dropped a dumbbell on your toes or something. I think if I dropped a dumbbell on the $20 Nisus, they're not going to help my toes any either. <laughs> but at least the toe would stay. It, it might be severed, but it would be contained. Oh, that's true. So I could at least like hop over to a, to a cooler and put my foot in the ice while the yeah. ambulance comes. On the flip-flops, yeah. you t- who knows where that toe is going to end up. Uh, nobody to, move! You might have to fish it out of some, somebody's protein shake. <laughs> If you like the paternity test, please help us tell other people about it. Subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. It's quick, it's easy, and helps other listeners find us. Listener Panda Paz writes, The funniest guys I know. I've been listening since before DM was a dad, which was the first few months of the show back in 2012. And I have to say, even though half of them are asleep half the time, they always make me laugh. It's like sitting with your college roommate and talking about how hard adulting is. If your roommates were theater majors, at least. Well, thank you, Panda. Oh, wait, 2011. 2011. Uh, and you should also read our weekly paternity test blog at chicagoparent.com and our monthly column, Viva Daddy, in Chicago Parent Magazine, available wherever raisins regularly need to be swept up. I eat, I, every once in a while I go through a raisin fix. I'm like, man, why don't I eat more raisins? And then I eat more raisins. And, and then figure I, out why? And then I realize that it just they only get you so far. I guess it's, it's not going to be an everyday <laughs> It's never going to be an everyday snack for me. <laughs> Once a month, I'm going to pull out that raisin, that that raisins cardboard, thing. that cardboard cylinder of raisins I got, and I'm going to eat a couple handfuls. What about golden raisins or cranzins? What are those? Craisins. Yeah. That's just craisins. Uh, I I like them all. I like the raisins. I even I do like the raisins. I just can't. Uh, they don't become a regular part of my diet. Uh, are they anything but sugar? Anyhow. I didn't think there was sugar. You mean add like natural sugars, like just the, mean, the dried up it's grape? It's still sugar, man. Ah, yeah, I guess. It doesn't you, matter if it comes from corn the... or from 
crazies. Did you see the uh, you know the article that uh, uh, the sugar industry pushed the scientific studies that made America think that fat was the reason we were getting fat when in reality it was sugar. <sighs> They made they made us fear fat, right? So we're like, oh, I need low fat, I need low fat, I need no fat yogurt, I need low fat this and low fat that. And in the meantime, the sugar is what makes you fat, and you should pay less attention to how much fat is in something and a lot more attention to how much sugar is in something. Mm-hmm. It's what the sugar cartel wants you to believe. It's like the, yeah, it's just like Narcos except with sugar. First you get the sugar, then you get the power, then you get <laughs> the women. <laughs> And now it's time for Scary Clowns and Filthy Elmos, where the balloon animals will make your mother blush. That's a snake, right? It's a hot dog, I think. It's a wiener dog. <laughs> well, we got uh, more more Scary Clown news uh, from the South. We talked about the clown or person dressed as a clown who was terrorizing people in the Carolinas. Yes. There has been an arrest in Middlesboro, Kentucky. Okay, but uh, also in the woods outside an apartment complex. Okay, so was Kentucky? That wasn't one of the hot zones, was it? I thought it was like North Carolina. But it do was, you have a clown heat map in I your got a war heat room? Map. <laughs> I do. I do. If I go, I, it's fortunately it's not connected to my podcast studio. Otherwise, I could go reference my my scary clown heat map. But uh, well, to get to the clown situation room, you have to like go through a <laughs> yeah, retina scan and then through a door <laughs> pocket and then down a chamber and yeah. So. Uh, but it, it, I think it's something that the more it happens, the more there, uh, more copycats there are of it, right? <laughs> Everybody's doing it now. It's a cool thing. It's like the shark attacks of uh, 2016. Yes. <laughs> and I've always wondered what kind of person would do this. And then you sent me this link, and 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 uh, I don't want to jump too far ahead. But so they found somebody in Kentucky. Uh, there's a picture from getting arrested. It looks creepy as all heck. Um, and I couldn't tell in the picture if that's makeup or uh, what that was. But then the, if you keep scrolling down, there's a picture of him at the uh, police station unclowned, right? Just in the actual uh, – so we learned that it isn't an actual clown. He was just a person dressed as a clown. Mm-hmm. So that mystery has been solved, right? So now I could take the string off my board and reconnect it away from the – actual clowns and put it more towards the people dressed like a clown. Mm-hmm. Connect that move, dot. move a couple of photos down a pyramid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it turns out that he's looks just like, uh, I don't know, how would you describe me? Just looks like a teenage kid. Just like a, you know. A, looks like maybe like a bike riding bully from an 80s movie. Oh, yeah. You know, somebody that would. Took your like, lunch and push sh- you down. Yeah, shove the hero and call him like a. Gay wad or some sort of antiquated <laughs> he, he put does, down. He does look like the type of kid that would use the term gay wad. <laughs> but he called it the the cop taking the photograph definitely got called a gay wad just then. <laughs> 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 well, so he's definitely not a, an actual scary clown, and I don't even think he's old enough to drive. Unless um, when he walked out of the station, Kaiser Soze style. As soon as the cops closed the door and he walked down the sidewalk, he reached under his chin, pulled off that face. Oh, <laughs> and the, the actual clown. Yeah. So, addressing uh, the clown, the police released a statement. I'm trying to figure out why they arrested him, because is, is standing around looking like a clown uh, against the law? You know, is there, does this fall under stop and frisk? 
<laughs> That's profiling against clowns. If you just yeah. stop everybody who's dressed as a clown and pat them down. Yeah, you just can't assume all clowns are bad. But you do need to get rid of the bad clowns. I heard that tonight on the debate. That's what Donald Trump said. <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure out what he was arrested for. Well, the police says... Uh, while dressing up is not in and of itself against the law, doing so in public and thereby creating an unnecessary sense of alarm is illegal. So by being in public areas near highways, you can create, uh, I guess, accidents or you can, uh, you know, disturb the peace. Or a birthday party could break out. <laughs> exactly. You might, uh, you know, attract a car full of other clowns. Mm-hmm. A whole circus could break out, and then there'd be elephants and ballerinas on the backs of ponies running down the highway. That's right. Total chaos. He was cited for inciting a great time. (laughs) (laughs) Social media isn't just for haters and losers. It's also for us, sad like our page on Facebook, share our posts, and follow us on Pinterest, on Instagram at The Paternity Test, and on Twitter at The Dad Test. Send us a question or a comment for The Paternity Test Mailbag. Just email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our phone number, 657-BAD-DADS. And now it's time for Talking to Your Kids About Merca, where they'll take this mayonnaise out of my cold, dead hands. <laughs> I got a, I got a, I got a mayonnaise panic room. <laughs> <laughs> Either when the zombie apocalypse or when they come to take my freedoms, I can lock myself in my mayonnaise panic room and live live out the rest of my days as uh, the forefathers intended to found. Don't don't tread on my Hellmans. <laughs> Be in that bunker like uh, exactly like John Goodman in Two Cloverfield Drive. <laughs> bunker full of mayonnaise. <laughs> My favorite Spin Doctors album. <laughs> well, um, this episode will come out after the first presidential debate, and uh, it came up at the dinner table with our kids. So we have a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old. Soon to be very soon, Alex is less than a month away from being 14, and Ellie is just a, f- a few months away from being 11. And uh, Alex is taking a, uh, a history class. But one of the projects they're doing concerns a presidential election. And the reason they're doing this is because this year's eighth graders, Alex's class, and Alex in particular because of when his birthday is, his birthday is in October, he will be eligible to vote for the next president after in 2020. So 2016, we're voting in in a month here, a couple of a month and a half or whatever it is. Uh, Four years from now, when we are either uh, four years into a Trump or Clinton presidency, Alex will be able to vote for the next one. So you're assuming that if Trump wins, there'll still be elections. No, well, <laughs> they'll at least have a dummy one where he'll have to show up at a you know a mandatory show up at a poll mm-hmm. and uh, be a big red button that says Trump on it, and you have to yeah. push it. <laughs> it. Says that was easy. I affirm my allegiance. <laughs> so. Uh, so he has to pay. He's supposed to pay attention. He's actually writing a paper about certain issues and things. And so, uh, the first debate, uh, which happened before you and I recorded tonight, Alex watched, and uh, and Ellie then because you know she was in the area also watched a little bit. And I'm uh, in the area. 
In the area of your living room? Yeah, she was in the area, but she wasn't there to watch the debate. She was there, you know, to, like, play air hockey, but we, but the TV's on in the background. So I'm trying to figure out how to... Incidentally, you know, that is more engagement in civic life than 95% of Americans. Probably, probably. But, you know, most of us picked up our political leanings from our parents normally, and uh, I feel like I don't necessarily have to give too much influence to Alex over over this election. I think he kind of, his common sense has taken over. Um, and I could tell from some of his comments that he's he's not not he's not a Trumper. He's not a trumpeter. Uh, he's Gary Johnson all the way. <laughs> That's right. Libertarian. He, he kept asking, "Where's uh, where's <laughs> where's Gary Johnson?" He wanted to know. He's where... pulling higher than Perot was. Why isn't he on that stage? You That's go to right. Alex's room; it's completely filled with stop signs that he's pulled out of the ground. That's right. He wears a T-shirt that says, "Who cares what Aleppo is?" <laughs> is that Gary Johnson, or was that the other? Uh, That's Gary Johnson. That's Gary Johnson. Yeah. What's Aleppo? Ah. Uh, that kind of signaled the end for him, I think. But uh, I haven't heard his, <laughs> yeah, that's... his Dukakis in the tank moment, I think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> literally in the tank. So <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to – I don't want to influence Alex too much because I want him to be his own thinker, but I also want him to know th- that uh, – I want him to kind of know where I stand a little bit. So we're watching the debate, and I'm trying to make – you know, I make certain comments, and I could tell that he's agreeing with me, which is good. And I feel the same way about Ellie, but Ellie, uh, I don't know that she understands what's at stake necessarily in terms of what we're, you know, how the process works. And she shouldn't yet. They're not, you know, she doesn't need to know that quite yet. But uh, I think she's a little confused by the things she hears on the TV. You know, she watches Mm. the news and she hears. So I I think someone needs to write a book. Maybe there is one, like how how to talk to your kids about Trump or how to talk to your kids about politics. You know, how do you explain everybody hates our political system that most people seem to hate the two party system and they seem to hate the, you know, the Electoral College and they seem to hate uh, redistricting and gerrymandering. And we seem to hate everything about our government, but uh, but we just keep on keeping on with it. Right. Right. Because we're like we're too we lazy about to about actually, it every four years. Every yeah. Four years. We're like, this is this is completely rigged. What? What? And then one day later, you're like, ah, oh, man, he's so tasty. <laughs> Tangy zip. <laughs> How about them bears? Yes, <laughs> you, you, we, for, we, yes, we do forget very quickly. We get so angry about it for a couple of months every four years, you know. It I helps see, that it's incredibly confusing. So as soon as you hear about it, you're like, well, that can't be. that. What? Wait, our votes don't count. What? And then your brain kind of short circuits for four years. I've only ever heard things bad about the Electoral College, but then I saw a video that defended it, and I I got back on board with the Electoral College again. Why is that? Well, I, don't make me go over it all right now. I, we'll lose uh, three-quarters of our audience just if I <laughs> mention Electoral College one more time. But That's true. Um, but it has a lot to do with uh, keeping the uh, vocal majority from suppressing the min- the minority oh, it's tamping down uh, mob rule i suppose yeah basically what it yes that's exactly what it does by the founding fathers really preferred that only the landed gentry vote <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true when they gave credit to the founding fathers for doing this cuz they they saw the way it worked in england and they felt that that's you know obviously the they weren't happy with the the majority rule 
the, their version of majority rules. Because you could just say majority rules, but as soon as you say majority rules, like if we just did majority rules with everything, there'd be people who are suppressed and oppressed all the time and have no shot of ever getting out of that. Right. And as Lin-Manuel Miranda taught us all, we're not giving away our shot. shot. <laughs> well, so what are the what are the issues really concerning a, a 13-year-old boy? Like uh, uh, Minecraft resources, how those will be appropriated? <laughs> yeah, I think he's worried, but he's concerned about that. I think the bigger things in the news... You know that have to do with the the current events and the uh, uh, with police shootings and stuff like that. And we live in the Chicago area, so every time if, if the news is ever on, it's about someone getting murdered. True. Uh, and so I think a lot of that comes up. Gun Usually violence. the bears. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but luckily that's that's in the that's in the last segment of the news when they do sports. Uh-huh. But they usually unfortunately they usually lead off with actual murder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then sports murder comes later. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh because it's true. Mm. So uh, so our kids, I think, see that stuff more. They're more worried about domestic issues like that and maybe a little bit less because we don't necessarily have the, the, the national news on as much that might focus more on uh, ISIS and stuff like that. So I don't mm. think our kids are more... Uh, as in tune to that, you know, they see things and I'm sure my daughter, you know, as when you're 10, I think you still have that ability to just kind of go with, you know, I live in my own world and everything's fine where I live. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents protect me. Everything's OK in my world. Um, I don't think you go to, you know, she's I don't think Ellie cries herself to sleep at night. Thinking about Syrian refugees. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm. I don't want her to do that at this age. If she wants to do that when she's older and and make that her mission in life, that's great. But at ten, no, she it's not her problem to worry about Syrian refugees. And some people no, might say she'd go mad. Like I mean, other than collect some box tops, what could she do for Syrian refugees right now? Mostly, she should like get good grades and yeah. become someone who can has the latitude to make a difference later and the leverage. Yeah, I mean, we did we you know we went with a group and did. You know, uh, filled filled uh, pre-made meals for a charity thing that that feeds starving children and stuff. So it's we uh, militia members that yeah. uh, <laughs> take so, over federal land. So the <laughs> that's right. Built sandbags to make a big wall between here and Mexico. <laughs> oh, gosh, I do, I don't want to make this show political, but man, there's I I just I, I don't know I just. Uh, I can't get on board where some of this comes from. I don't. I don't know. Common sense, and that's what that's what I keep saying. And maybe, maybe I would never make it as a politician, but I would think that I could run on a platform of common sense, and people might go, "Oh yeah, I forgot about that." Mm-hmm. Like we don't. You don't have to be. You, you you don't have to either support cops or hate cops. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to be one or the other. You don't have to be. Pro Black Lives Matters and and or and anti cop. You know what I mean? Right. It's a false. We've been presented with with false dichotomies. That's a logical fallacy, right? Like false yeah. choices set up like that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you say I empathize I, I, I empathize with the Black Lives Matter movement, automatically you're anti policing or anti police. Mm-hmm. 
or as Trump said in the debate, as Trump said in the debate, uh, this uh, the first debate that that I watched recently, very against police guy. I think he <laughs> referred to a judge. He says a judge, a very against police judge. So he really has all the best words that Donald Trump. So anyway, yeah, I will. Uh, I guess the best thing I could do is just if they have questions, be available to talk about them. But I don't want to. Especially in this election, I don't know that I want to make them think about it too much. Well, I think like if you sat down with your kids and explained how weird the Electoral College is or how nasty the two-party system is or how how much it excludes Mm -hmm. other thoughts. Um, Although I've kind of been coming around on the two-party system because I think it excludes Yahoo third parties. (laughs) Like most countries that have a bunch of parties have like – a nationally recognized Nazi party or communist party. We don't mm-hmm. need that stuff. You know, hell, the Green Party and the Libertarians are a little too weird for me. I like it. But what I wish we could do is turn the pl- clock back 10 or 12 years to when the Republicans and Democrats were exactly the same. Can we go back to then? Yeah, it's true. They were. They didn't. They only had a few issues they differed on. And now it doesn't seem like there's anything they can agree on. Right? They can't even agree on not having, not letting people on the terror watch us buy a gun. Not even that can find common ground. Yeah, you and that's I mean? part of the problem. There, I think, is people treating politics as teams, as baseball, yeah. as like I hate your team. Yeah, uh, I need to do what's best for my team, not what's mm-hmm. best for my country or my my uh, place I represent. Well, that's probably the best thing you do for your kids is talk about your value or talk about their values, like ask yeah. them what their values are and not talk about parties, not be say yeah. like, this is a democratic household. This is a Republican household. Damn it. Yeah. We because, toe the line. Yeah. Because you know, party values change. Mm-hmm. And then what do you just keep, you go over the cliff with your party when it gets weird. Yeah. Because you're too proud to switch or you're too, too proud to vote, you know, different, yeah. different punches down the, down the ballot for different people. Like mm-hmm. what's wrong with that? The parties don't, we don't know the parties anything. No, not at all, not at all. So I think that's, I, I think that's what I, that's my approach is to certainly I certainly don't because I I don't consider myself I consider myself a Democrat. I don't think anyone's been ever ever been confused about that. But I'm I I I lean independent in that I just want I just want common sense. I don't care if it happens to fall on one party's platform or another, but I want common sense and. I believe that you can you can have common sense and uh and not necessarily like someone might say well it's common sense to let everyone have a gun or it's common sense to Adam and not Eve let, not Adam and Steve it's yeah, common sense it's common sense <laughs> but that's not the kind of common sense I'm talking about actual <laughs> I'm talking about actual common sense that takes into consideration you know uh consequences and uh and things like things just like basic human kindness and nature and i don't know it's common sense maybe my common sense isn't isn't right for everybody maybe that's why i wouldn't be a good politician my common sense is my common sense but not not (laughs) the rest of uh America's common sense. Maybe that's just it. We've lost all sense of. We've lost all common. We've lost sense. all sense of common sense. We've lost we all have no sense. common sense in common anymore. That's right. <laughs> I think I'm already building a great platform to run on. 
We've, it's fantastic rhetoric. It is great. Isn't the, it? the common sense party. The common sense party. Oh, I'm gonna. I founded I, tonight. We have founded the common sense party, where we common will find, sense was a pamphlet, right, for the revolution. Yeah, common sense party would be good, and you can you know show images from Frank Capra movies and say there was a time. <laughs> hey, folks, I'm Todd J. There was a time in this country where we all had a common sense of common sense. <laughs> Our senses were common. <laughs> and we shared them. One day's work for one day's pay. <laughs> Chicken in every pot and pot in every house. What? <laughs> common sense has gotten all uncommon and nonsensical these days. We don't need that uncommon common sense. We need more common in our sense. And not just Chicago area rapper common, but him too. Because <laughs> his beats are fresh. I'm Todd J, and I approve this message. Paid for by Citizens for Common Sense. <laughs> well, folks, it's time for another episode of the Paternity Test to jump out of the woods dressed as a clown in an open carry stand your ground state. Just common sense. <laughs> You can follow us on Twitter at The Dad Test. You can like us on Facebook and visit our website, paternitypodcast.com, or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. Every Tuesday, you can catch us at chicagoparent.com. You can call our voicemail, 657-BAD-DADS. Tell your friends about the show and tell them they should consider a donation to the show via our PayPal link at paternitypodcast.com. And we want to thank listener Jared, the latest uh, listener to... Uh, Give us a uh, PayPal donation. Thanks. It keeps the show going. Really appreciate it. Woohoo! All right, everybody. Remember, don't call the cops on that clown creeping around your college campus. That's just Matt Barese waiting for the cafeteria to open. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test. Yeah.